What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. The Sinister Simeon, Part 2 A lithe, athletic shape fell from the night sky as silently as a passing cloud, landing on the rooftop with barely a whisper of sound. The flying squirrel froze in a low crouch for a moment, waiting for any sign that her approach had been observed. Finding none, she straightened out her arms and made an almost imperceptible gesture with her hands. The gliding membranes which had been holding her aloft in the cold night air moments earlier took their cue and retracted into her costume without a sound. She held her position for another instant and then lifted her hand to her face, speaking into a small ring she wore outside of her gauntlet with a flat face adorned with a pattern of hypnotic red circles. Squirrel the panda, she spoke quickly and quietly. No action down here. Agreed, came the reply, and she realized with a start the voice did not come from her radio ring, but from a short distance away on the same dilapidated rooftop. She turned to discover her partner walking silently over the broken shingles toward her, and it made her momentarily furious. How are you already here, she fumed. I literally flew over. He smiled and said nothing, but was clearly not displeased by the reaction. So that's what I get, she sniffed. Two can play that game. Riddle me this. How come we heard about the monkey liberating the baboons from the zoo before we heard a whisper from the sanitarium that he was even out of his cage? Do you actually want the reply in the form of a riddle? The red panda seemed intrigued by the idea. Of course not, Kit frowned, on account of I am not a lunatic. He nodded and tried not to look disappointed. Probably just as well, he said, bound to slow things down. The answer is, the flying squirrel said, refusing to be drawn down this road, that we heard about the baboons first because they got out first. The red panda seemed even more interested in this than he had been in the riddles. Intriguing theory, he said. The timing of both events is somewhat in dispute, and you prefer the less obvious sequence. I really do, she agreed. There are a few suspect characters on staff at Queen Street, but none of them were on duty during the window when the mad monkey must have escaped if he also pulled the baboon job which leaves us with no one to repeatedly punch in the face. So someone else freed the baboons for him, not merely to replenish his simian army, but to create an alibi for his own escape. The red panda seemed to be chewing on the theory. For that to work well, the two events would need to be almost simultaneous. Agreed, she nodded. So he has somebody helping him, and there's more than one of them. And they must have some resources, as each of the two events would necessitate the payout of bribes, since no force appears to have been used. The red panda sounded sold on the concept now, and it provoked one of the flying squirrel's most dazzling grins. It can't be anyone who's worked with him before, she added, or who really knows him at all, otherwise they wouldn't make the same mistake again. It's Archangel, isn't it? The red panda sighed. Even when it's the mad monkey, it's Archangel. You sound disappointed, she teased. Not really. The mad monkey isn't much of a joiner. His inevitable betrayal might be fun to watch. It won't even get that far, she promised. He's too predictable. He already had the monkeys, so he's bound to come here next. 
To retrieve his monkey-shaped zeppelin, he nodded. Parade balloon, you say, potato. That's why we let it sit here in storage, sweetie, the squirrel reassured him. As bait! What if he took that bait while we were at the zoo or the sanitarium, the red panda asked. He ain't that organized, she batted her eyelashes. Not normally, no, the red panda agreed, but there is already a certain amount of dung on this rooftop, and I'd be prepared to swear that it's baboon in nature. She wrinkled her nose and gazed around, knowing that he was right. Does it bother you that we can tell, she asked. Immeasurably, he agreed. Rising above the discordant cacophony of shouting baboons, there was one persistent voice. It was no more distinguished than any of the others who fought to be heard as they crowded into the underground tunnel like a writhing, pulsating mass of fur and teeth and questionable hygiene, but this voice seemed to have his master's ear. Beauregard, old friend, the mad monkey began, clasping his hand upon the creature's narrow shoulder. No one is more delighted at our reunion than I. However, and I hope you will forgive me for observing so, but you are the original wet blanket. Do you know that? The protests and squawks of the dog-sized animal suggest that he had not actually known that. The mad monkey waved his hand dismissively. You worry too much, old friend. This plan is foolproof. Beauregard's grunts and hoots suggested that he felt otherwise. Be nice, the mad monkey said sternly. By now, they will have discovered that we have taken our old monkey-shaped zeppelin out of mothballs, which means they will be watching the skies, which means it is the perfect time to be rooting around beneath the earth. More quizzical hoots demonstrated that Beauregard was unsure. Well, of course I'm going to kill the red panda, the monkey protested. But if we are to destroy a worthy adversary in a frankly spectacular manner, becoming legends in the process, the truth is we need some scratch, old son. I have only this very day stepped out of the ha-ha house, and that does not tend to leave a fellow flush. Beauregard's sweeping hand gestures were a clear disparagement of their current surroundings in an abandoned sewer line up to their ankles in filth. The rest of the animals listened carefully and then turned to their new alpha, clearly waiting for an explanation. Oh, very well, the mad monkey sighed. Some of you, the locals, I suppose, will remember that I had some human teenagers in my thrall for a bit there. Nasty things, but I made what use of them I could. Briefly tried their hands at tunneling early on, but they whined too much, and we gave it up. Thing is... They got further than I let on. There's a narrow tunnel just off this line that nearly makes it to the vault of the King Street branch of the Empire Bank. Almost complete. One or two judiciously placed coconut bombs ought to do it, and I've been saving it. Too narrow for these shoulders, but you lot should be able to clean it out in a few minutes and set us up for a marvelous final battle between good and evil with robots and things. Yeah, I haven't worked out all of the particulars yet. There was a good deal of hooting at this. Yes, of course people will hear the explosions. <laughs> but, but at that precise moment, Gummo and Chico and their valiant crew manning the Zeppelin will soar overhead and lob a few coconut bombs in the vicinity. The explosions will be ascribed to the big, obvious, monkey-shaped thing, and not the secret, hidden, but also monkey-shaped things, and we will get away scot-free. Beauregard, I want you to get to the roof of the Royal York and take command of the Zeppelin for the coup de grace, because, frankly, Gummo and Chico are idiots. Beauregard hooted his agreement and raced off into the tunnels at top speed. Now, you lot, 
Chip in and let's get this rolling, the mad monkey said, panting with delight. By the time an hour has passed, I expect to be properly stinking rich. Sixty-two minutes later, there were two explosive roars, one far below the ground and another high above it. The baboons in the sewers poured into the tunnel that led into the breach of the bank vault, carrying empty sacks which their master had thoughtfully festooned with dollar signs, and the mad monkey laughed so hard that he had to sit down for a while. Ten minutes later, he wasn't laughing at all. The advantage of having mental dominance over your lower primate henchmen is that you never even worry about them double-crossing you. It never even enters your mind. But the mad monkey had to admit that he was thinking about it now. One by one, his trusty baboons had squirmed into the tunnel shaft dug a year or more ago, shifted past the debris broken loose by the coconut bombs, and escaped into the vault of the Empire Bank. That part was all well and good. But the mental feedback had been confused and hard to read. So many of these animals were new to his service and unfamiliar with one another in general and crime in particular, and he hadn't noticed at first the traffic was only flowing in one direction. Now he was standing all alone in the sewer, wondering what to do next. Mad Monkey, a familiar voice called from the darkness, suggesting the decision had been made for him. Oh, you brute, the monkey hissed, recoiling at the sight of the blank eyes glowing in the darkness. What are you doing down here? You're supposed to be chasing me merrily over the rooftops by now. I left you a trail of breadcrumbs a mile long. And they led right into the vault of the Empire Bank, the Red Panda said, the shadows melting away from him. Your former gang of juvenile delinquents admitted to starting the tunnel, and we arranged for it to stay out of the official reports, just so you'd head right for it the next time you saw the sun, however briefly. Don't be too pleased with yourself if you can help it, the mad monkey said, hooting with laughter. I take it my soldiers were hit with knockout gas as they entered the vault? An improvisation, the red panda said with a modest shrug. It hadn't occurred to me that you wouldn't be coming yourself. The mad monkey grinned wildly. You were waiting to surprise me in the vault. Always the showman. His laughter began to interrupt his thoughts. And when it was obvious that I wasn't coming and you couldn't follow, you raced out of the vault to the sewer access three blocks away and stumbled through the darkness to this cozy little tete-a-tete. No stumbling, the red panda corrected. Night vision lenses. You have all the best toys, the mad monkey said sourly. This isn't a game, monkey, the red panda snapped. Oh, but it is, and you know that it is, which is why you won't stop cheating, the monkey roared. But you've overplayed your hand and it will cost you. You went to the vault to wait for me, but you didn't have the rodent waiting on this end, which means she drew Zeppelin duty. By now she must be following the old girl right to the roof of the Royal York Hotel. Would you like to know what happens next? The Red Panda did not say that he would, but it seemed fairly obvious, and the sinister simian's laughter roared with delight. They will take on two new passengers. Can you guess who? The men who freed you from captivity at the sanitarium, the Red Panda said gravely. Archangel's men. The Mad Monkey laughed again. One of them implied that he was the actual head stooge himself. (laughs) But of course, he was lying. He was mauled a bit, but he was less murdered than I might have implied. (laughs) Some other bozo, too. They'll be loaded on the ship. Beauregard and his crew will bail out. And the Zeppelin will rise, rise into the cold night air, high into the stratosphere and beyond. Unless the squirrel has rocket boots these days, she'll never catch them. And if she did, she couldn't save them. Mad monkey, the red panda said gravely, those men may have invaluable information. 
It could help bring down Archangel's whole treasonous scheme. The monkey paused as if he was not hearing something he expected. And, of course, they are human beings who deserve to live. There was no reply. The monkey giggled. This war thingy is giving you a dark side. I like it. Archangel's men, the red panda began. Oh, Archangel, 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 the monkey protested. Well then, we both know you can't hypnotize me. And if you had any knockout gas left, you'd have used it by now. In the time it takes you to hero this situation up properly, my sleeping beauties might wake up and bring me the boodle. Or perhaps I'll retrace your steps into the vault and rescue them myself. Then I can bankroll us a final battle that will make the Blitzkrieg look like an Easter parade. What do you think about that, smart guy? The red panda was about to speak when his radio ring sprang to life with a burst of static. Boss, the flying squirrel's voice crackled. The thing has landed on the roof of the Royal York. Something's going down. Where are you? Time to choose, soldier boy, the mad monkey grinned. Boss, the radio ring protested again. All right, mad monkey, the red panda said gravely. We can play your game, but that doesn't mean I won't continue to cheat. Let's see if you can sleep this off before I get back. The monkey frowned. Sleep what? Oh! He began, stopping abruptly when a red gauntleted fist sucked him in the jaw. See, the villain slurred as he fell forward into a slumber that was less than sweet. I knew, knew you really cared. <laughs> but by then, the red panda was already gone. You have been listening to the Red Panda Chronicles, The Sinister Simeon, written and read by Greg Taylor. This episode concludes Season 16 of Decoder Ring Theater. Tune in next time as we plunge ahead with our 17th season of original audio programming. This is Jack Ward, and from everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you all safety and protection during the COVID-19 outbreak. Join us as we listen and imagine, and together we'll make it through this. Please be safe.